Hi everyone, it's Kiana, and Happy New Year! I hope everyone had a great holiday season and is ready and excited for 2024. And I'd like to welcome you to Toronto Nature Now, brought to you by Met Radio in Toronto and the Toronto Field Naturalists. The Toronto Field Naturalists are a volunteer-run, non-profit, nature conservation organization, connecting people with nature and wildlife in the Toronto area. Today, I'd like to welcome Peter Cherabic, who is here to talk about the Toronto Bee Rescue. Peter is a full-time beekeeper and founder of Toronto Bee Rescue. His passion for bees started in 2011 when he joined the Toronto Bee Cooperative and shortly started keeping his own hives as a hobby. Peter's passion for bees grew, and so did his hobby. The idea of growing his hives through the collection of honeybee swarms prompted his company, Toronto Bee Rescue. Peter is now a full-time beekeeper with over 800 hives. Toronto Bee Rescue manages honeybee colonies throughout the GTA and into Dufferin County. His bees are located on rooftops in the city core and throughout rural properties. Toronto Bee Rescue also runs a hive share program that mimics a CSA program used in agriculture. His sister company, Ontario Honey Creations, is based in Mulmer, Ontario. It is the primary sales channel for the honey produced by Toronto Bee Rescue outside of the hive share program. Here's what Peter had to say. So hi, Peter. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. That's great. And so today we're going to talk about the Toronto Bee Rescue. And my first question is, what is the Toronto Bee Rescue and what services does it offer? So Toronto Bee Rescue is my uh, beekeeping company. So I am a full-time beekeeper. It's, uh, it's It initially started as a way to collect swarms in the city for me to grow my bees. So that's where the name comes from. And then by collecting swarms, I also started specializing in doing uh, honey beehive removals out of people's homes. And from there, from getting those bees, I kind of grew my beekeeping operations. So now I do rooftop beekeeping. I do hive hosting where I put bees on, on properties around the city and uh, throw the GTA. And I also have become just a full-time beekeeper. So I have keep around 800 bees throughout the, the greater Toronto area up to Dufferin County. And that is my uh, full-time uh, job. That's awesome. And I have like a follow-up question that popped up. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, do you like harvest honey as well, or does somebody else do that, or do you just not do that at all? Sorry. So I guess I do. I do harvest honey. So I uh, the beekeeping includes all the honey harvesting. So I do. You know, I through my general beekeeping company or through Toronto, I sell I sell bees to people. I manage my own bees. I manage bees for other people. I harvest honey in seasonal batches by location. So if I, I do it by neighborhood or by location throughout the GTA, including uh, location and season. So every jar of honey tastes different from us, which is a, a, new, a unique or a really cool part of beekeeping, be able to keep the honey separate. That's so cool. And can I ask why the honey tastes different depending on the location? Yeah. So the season location will change the honey because the it, first the plants will be different through the season and the plants will be different by location and the, or it could be the same plants, but the weather will be different. So if it rains in one neighborhood and does in the other, then a certain plant will thrive while the other ones will, will struggle. And now we'll, we'll change what the bees feed on and which will then change the, the taste of the honey. 
So like in Toronto, there's a strong linden or basswood flow in end of June, which gives you like a minty honey. But those trees won't be located in the country in such big numbers where you won't get that taste in the honey unless you're near a certain forest. That's so cool. I didn't notice or realize that. And so what was the inspiration behind starting Toronto Bee Rescue? So the inspiration behind Toronto Bee Rescue would be first, like my father, my my grandfather had bees in Poland. He taught my dad, his his son-in-law, how to keep bees in Ontario. And then in the 90s, these varroa mice came on honeybees, which meant that beekeeping became a lot harder to keep to keep the bees alive. So when my dad struggled after I finished and stopped beekeeping, I decided to to learn how to beekeep on my own and and keep that tradition going. So that was the inspiration for the beekeeping and then the Toronto Bee Rescue. It was the the desire to grow the operation. So by collecting swarms and taking bees out of people's homes, I was able to get free bees and then uh, grow my operation. Wow, that's great. Um, it's so cool how your grandfather did it in Poland and it kind of moved over to here. And it is really cool. Unfortunately, like I never got to beekeep with my grandfather, but at least I got to I, I keep keep his tradition going. Yes, of course. That's great. And so which services are most requested from Toronto Bee Rescue? One of my main parts of the Toronto Bee Rescue is selling hive shares. So uh, people pay for a quarter to a full share of a beehive. I manage the bees for them and then give them the honey at the end of the season. So that's our biggest part of the business, the, the hive share business. During June and July, we get a lot of swarm calls. So people call about bees on trees or, or swarms Swarms are bees that have left a, a, the original colony and looking for a new home. So in, while they're looking for a new home, they're, they kind of rest on tree branches, on buildings, somewhere in the city. People call and we uh, we organize other beekeepers to collect the swarms. We'll do the cutouts, which is when bees move into a house. We'll take the, the wall or floor apart and take the bees out. And then we do a lot of hive hosting. So different buildings in, in downtown Toronto or around the GTA will ask for bees on their property. And we'll create a, a custom program to put bees on their property where they get the honey with their own labels on it. And they could have a sustainability story or a beekeeping story for their employees. Or, or customers. Wow, that's interesting. And so do you have a favorite service or one that you prefer doing most? The, in the end, I, I love beekeeping. So whatever keeps me in the bee yard longer without dealing with the other sides of the business, like trying to get paid in terms of selling the honey is, is what I would love. So uh, hive shares and uh, like corporate or rooftop bees where, where the client already wants the honey is what I prefer or love to do because it just lets me focus on the beekeeping during the summer. Yes, I can understand that. And so what do you think the future of urban beekeeping is? It, urban beekeeping has become very like popular and, and very trendy around, I guess, most of the world, I, was, I would assume. So there's uh, there's so many buildings in Toronto and Toronto has, has actually has quite a bit of bees around the city already. So there is a struggle or there's, I guess, a desire to learn in, in all urban areas what the balance is of how many honeybee colonies can be in the city and how many there should be and how they interact with native bees. So the urban beekeeping has become very popular and and the bees do well in the city, but there's, there's a need to figure out how many bees we can have, who could have those bees and what the goal is for those honeybees. If every business in Toronto put bees on the rooftop, we'd have too many bees. And uh, 
if every hobbyist that had bees wanted them in the city, there'd be too many bees. So it's it's a room beekeeping is a struggle because it's such a high density of people. And if everyone wants to have bees, then there's too many bees. And we also have to learn to, to plant a, a landscape that supports all pollinators in the city so we could have more more pollinators in the city. So it's a uh, the future beekeeping in the city is uh is is I think gonna going to be positive. It's a great thing to do. And there's just a balance that we need to find through either government uh, like rules of who could have bees and how many you could have and way of balancing the playing field. So it's not just one beekeeper has crowding the city, but it's balanced for, for everyone's needs. Is there kind of any, I forgot the word, but is there any like rules about that right now? Or is it just kind of a free for all in the industry? There is a, the one rule that there is in the Bees Act, which is like one of the oldest legislations in Ontario, requires that your bees are located 30 meters from a property line. And that is enforced based on complaints. In the city environment, it's hard to find a location that that's basically an acre big to put a beehive in the middle of. So there's a lot of bees and, and having a smaller plot of land does not mean that it's unsafe. But uh that's the only limitation we have is that 30 meter rule. So anyone could, everyone could have bees in their backyard. There's no, you register your bees, but you don't know who else registered your bees because it's, it's not a public uh, database. So everyone's allowed to have bees and you're allowed to have as many bees as you, you could fit wherever you place your bees. So there's, there's no rules to, to make a balance. It's just, uh, we, we have to work together as beekeepers in the city to find our own balance. Yes, that makes sense. It must be um, like a small but strong community. It, it, uh, yeah, it is a, a strong community. There's a lot of different views that go into beekeeping, so it could be pretty, uh, I don't know what the right word would be, like a, a heated environment if everyone was in the same room, especially for like urban beekeeping. But uh, like generally beekeepers support each other and they work well with each other. We just, everyone gets into bees for their own personal reasons and their views on how bees should be managed will impact how they, how they manage your bee and how they view other people's management. So there's, there's no one way to take care of your bees and there's a lot of ways to do it. And so there's a lot of room for, for, for people's opinions and views on, on what, what's right and wrong. That's interesting. And so you just mentioned that there's a lot of different views on how to manage bees, but is there kind of a universal way that other individuals can help support honeybees and other pollinators? Yeah, so that's one of the, there's a lot individuals could do to support honeybees. And that's, you know, a lot of times people will come up to me and say, hey, I want to help the bees, so I want to have my own beehive. And, and that's not necessarily the solution to helping bees. To help bees, we really want to create a healthy environment for them. So that includes planting native plants for for not just honeybees, but for all native uh, pollinators in the city. And really, the focus in the city should be on on native pollinators. Honeybees were were brought here from from Europe, so they're not, not necessarily they're not native, but they are they're needed now for our agricultural system. But in the city, we should really focus on native plants. We should, if, if people can, they should put plants that flower really early in the spring to help the bees at their weakest point when they're coming out of winter. And then also plants that bloom late into the fall to help bees and native bees get ready for the winter as well. So in the summer, there's a lot of things that naturally bloom all, all summer long, but the early and late shoulder seasons would be the best times to help bees if you can. And there's a lot of 
landscape practices that we use to keep our yards nice and clean, which actually can harm native bees. So there's certain bees that will go in and burrow into like uh, plant stems that are kind of hollow and they, they hibernate there in the fall and throughout the winter. But if we take those stems and cut them out because we want the yard to look clean, we're actually you know, removing the habitat that native bees need to hibernate. And there's, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's hundreds of native bees in, on, in Ontario and hundreds of different ways that they hibernate. And I'm not someone that's a specialist in it, but I know that there's things that we do in our environment that hurt the natural ecosystem that native bees depend on. And then just being educated on what the native bees are is, is a great start for, for the, the public. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, that's all I have to ask for you or to you. Um, is there anything you want to add? I just uh, like everyone should should play a role in, in helping a beekeeper. So either through buying uh, local honey at their farmer's markets, planting the right plants in their backyard, and just educating themselves on the difference of between honeybees and native bees and doing their 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 part in supporting native bees is uh, is the way that we could all work together to make sure honeybees and native bees are doing well in the city. That's great. Thank you. And actually, one last question popped up. Where can people find Toronto Bee Rescue? Toronto Bee Rescue does not have a store. We do sell our hive shares online through our website at torontobeerescue.ca. If you're looking for honey that Toronto Bee Rescue produces, we sell it through our sister company named Ontario Honey Creations, and that's ontariohoneycreations.com. We also have our honey house located in Malmer, Ontario, just south of Creemore. So it's a place you could visit, see the bees, see the different seasonal locational honeys that we offer and try some of the meads that, that we make and sell in our store as well. That's great. So thank you so much for joining me today and teaching me and the listeners about Toronto Bee Rescue and beekeeping. It was really interesting. Th thank you. Thanks again to Peter Chirabic for talking with me today. And I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Anyone out there who'd like to get involved with the Toronto Field Naturalists can visit their website at torontofieldnaturalists.org. Again, that's torontofieldnaturalists.org. Shout out to Paul Overy, the show coordinator. And once again, I'm Kiana from Met Radio, and this has been Toronto Nature Now. Make sure to tune in next time. 